Life is hard. But it could be worse. Life is hard. But it could be worse. I am so happy it's the winter solstice. Things are looking up finally. Why does that make you happy? Because I just barely survive the dark days. And once we get to the point where it turns around, and even though it's going to be dark for another month, at least it's working its way back in the right direction. So when the sun rests in the horizon for those three days... Well, it probably doesn't up here. It does in the Southern Cross. But when it starts going back up, do you celebrate that day? Well, it really is starting. I mean, it's reached the lowest point. There's just, It's at the bottom of the bowl, that's all. Yeah. So when it starts coming back up, you'll celebrate. That the days are getting longer. Well, that's the official celebration date. I mean, the 25th of December yeah, was the big... Was the big pagan solstice holiday. Right. Because the sun is going back up. But I think that was because they didn't know. They didn't have the astronomical data we have today. To know that it was going to come back up. Yeah, yeah. It was a a question. They they were like, it's, you know, it it would be reaching this this point at which it was slowing down, slowing down, and then it would stop. But they have to wait a few days to see if it was coming back. And like, yay, it's coming back. You know. Exactly. Are you sure it's going to come back? Well, it has the yeah. last three years in a row. Well, there's very few difference, uh, very very few, uh, I'm sorry, it's a very small difference in the amount of daylight between, say, the 21st today and, say, three days from now. So, it, I mean, it takes a while for you to notice that it's coming back because it's, Again, we're sitting at the bottom of the bowl. If you look at the curve, the curve is right, rather but flat. From, right, that's from where we are, theoretically. Yeah. If you're at the Southern Cross or looking at the Southern Cross from the Southern Hemisphere or whatever the hell it is, it actually does like sit Plateaus. in the same pos- yeah, yeah. position for three days and then come back up. I have to wonder, though, uh, you know, where these pagan rituals happened. I, I honestly don't know. I don't, I don't know where the pagans that created I think these it rituals. was at your house, wasn't it? Well, my house would be a place where you wouldn't have any good indication of the sun. I mean, now that I'm, I mean, the sun doesn't sit anywhere here. It goes down at, I'm just saying, don't you perform these rituals at home? Oh, that's where they happen. Well, I got, I had a, I partied today. If that's what you mean. (laughs) My big, my big day of celebration. Um, I'm yes. serious. Like this is the day that this is the day for me you, that feels hopeful. It's the first right. day that feels hopeful. Up until today, it just it's getting worse. I'm like, am I going to make it through this? I hang on. I'm not kidding either. I'm not trying to be dramatic. I hang on by my fingernails through this time of the year. I just say, look, this is going to be over soon. It'll start. Uh, we talked about this before. I'm telling you, you got to learn to hibernate. Well, I wish I could, but unfortunately, I've got other things I have to do, including a dog that wants to be walked five times a day. So, yeah, you'll have to incorporate that into your planning. Like, okay, get bored the dog for three months. I'm going to make enough money in these months that I could sleep through these three. Well, I'm actually thinking it's a lifestyle choice. I've made a recent discovery, and I'm thinking the dog (laughs) is not going to get to 
get as many walks in the future because apparently there are super mosquitoes now that are insecticide resistant. They've been discovered. And um, so that means the mosquitoes will not respond to insecticides, which means they'll be worse and more deadly. And the dog's just going to have to stay in the house. And this is going to kill us too. Well, I don't know if it'll kill us, but I suppose anything is... Just register on the extinction pool? I think this is just the beginning, so yeah, I think it's a possibility if it got bad enough, if you think that, I mean, this probably wouldn't just be mosquitoes. Every insect has the capability of developing, you know, uh, a resistance to our chemicals. We got to talk about your fear mongering techniques. I need get, you to sell it more. Well, I was make, about make to, me I was really getting, afraid. I was getting to the terrible part. <laughs> I was getting to the part of being completely well, overrun by insects. There you go. There you go. Let's start with you the know, terrible part. You step out the door and you're just swarmed by mosquitoes and ticks and red bugs and gnats and noceums and everything that could bite you and sting you and you'd be like why have i put on my bug spray and they're like we don't care anymore there we go now we're talking so like revolution of the super mosquitoes yeah or something now i should point out that insecticides and insect repellents are different but i don't see why an insect couldn't develop a resistance to either or both okay I'm just That's saying. That's the science portion of the program. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, if they can develop a resistance to an insecticide, which is something sure. that kills them, they Makes can sense. just as easily develop a resistance to uh, a, a repellent. Be like, oh, that's obviously... I mean, they, they might actually find out that the smell of certain insect repellents means there's a person nearby. It right. Could, be, could become an attractant. They'd be it's like, like in a cologne. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean, they're I like, like my meat seasoned. They're like, oh, that guy put on insect repellent. He must be, uh, you know, he must be thinking he's safe from me. But no, that's yeah. right. Oh yeah, it adds to the thrill, huh? Like, <laughs> well, ooh, <laughs> forbidden fruit over there. I ooh. don't know about the thrill for the insect, but at least it would. Yeah, it would indicate sure. that maybe this particular target is thinking, I don't have to worry about being, you know, attacked by mosquitoes, so I'm not paying as much attention. Because, you know, mosquitoes are pretty... Prey on the weak. Yeah. Mosquitoes can be pretty like stealthy. Uh, we talked about how, like, the one mosquito buzzing in your ear tips you off to the presence of mosquitoes and gets the other one killed. But but if there isn't one buzzing in your ear, they can be pretty stealthy. They can fly up and land on you and, you know, start sucking your blood before you even realize it. And, so. and you don't think they enjoy any of that? You don't think like that? I'll race you to the nearest person. Oh, I'm not suggesting they like don't that. enjoy it. I'm just... Suggesting that if you had sprayed yourself with insecticide, or I'm sorry, with, with insect repellent, you may not be paying much attention to whether or not they've snuck up on you because you're thinking, well, they're not going to sting right. me because I'm invisible to them. False sense of security. Yeah, and you may be invisible to a lot of them, but there are those that are have developed, you know, the um, natural resistance, and, and they're like, yeah, there's one of those. Decided to turn off my heater, by the way. It's plenty warm in here, and it's noisy. And there it goes. Oh, yeah, that made a huge difference. Yeah, sorry about that. I, I normally turn it off when we start, but I forgot. Well, and I, was, I was so warm and toasty yeah, here are. on this first day of winter, this cold-ass. You know, we're going to get some. I don't know if it's going to hit you. I suppose it is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're talking about 
negative wind chill, negative teens yeah. on the wind chill. And I'm like, what the fuck? Well, our actual temperature is supposed to fall into the less than 20 degrees, 17. Oh, something. ours too, yeah. Like That's 15, I think, tomorrow. crazy no. cold for this time of year. In this, I no. know it. I know it. I'm just hoping that because we started out with a cool fall and uh, and we're getting this crazy cold Arctic weather now, I'm hoping that like this just happens to be that winter is sort of going to just blow itself out and we're going to have... I mean, I hate to say I want a warm January, February because it fucks up everything. You know, we've had a lot of warm Februarys recently and, and it messes with crops and... Look, you got the sun. You can't have the temperature too. Well, and and honestly, it is the it is the amount of daylight that that affects me the most. I mean, cold weather. Granted, it sucks to wear three layers around the house and add two more layers to go out and walk the dog, but you can deal with cold, right? It's it's not like you can't cope with cold. You just it sucks, and I hate being cold. But you can layer up and stay warm, whatever you know. If you keep move, if I keep moving, and I don't want to speak for you, but if I keep moving, I'm fine. My big problem is when I'm sitting down. I'm sitting, I have to either have a lot of clothes on or I have to, you know, or I'm freezing to death or the house has people. Yeah. Um, but if I'm out working, which I find plenty of things to work on outside until it gets dark, right? I'm fine. Ah, you know, once it gets dark. And there it is. Yeah. Then I can't do anything. I can't go cut firewood. I can't do anything, you know, that's, you know, involves exercise. And so I come Fucking in the house sun. and I shit. Why does it got to take so long off? I mean, who gave it the rest of the day off? Well, at that point. now like, I think we may have discussed this on this podcast before, but I believe everybody gets an average of twelve hours of sunlight a day. The whole planet. Mm-hmm. Some of them get twenty-four hours of sunlight. I for see part what of the you're year. saying. The sun is a socialist. That fucking sun. Well, pretty much, yeah. I mean, we all get. We just it's distributed differently throughout the year. You get places that are you know, dark for half the year and then and then literally have sunlight nonstop, no night for half the year. And then you got places, well, you got the opposite and this, the opposite, and then you've got the, the equator where they literally have 12 hours of sun and 12 hours of night every day, right? I, I blame the public schools. That's That's where this shit started. We used to have sunlight 24 hours a day. Other people were in darkness and fuck them, but... Well, I don't fucking know if it, Democrats could, got in office. Look what fucking happens. I don't know if you can blame it on the public schools as much as the the <laughs> the infrastructure around the public schools. You know, the amount of money that we spend and the way we, you know, uh, hire teachers and the type of, you know, I mean, you get the school boards that are out there promoting these crazy agendas, right? I mean, there's always an agenda whether it's the Jewish agenda or the gay agenda or the, what's the next one? I don't know. There's just an agenda or, all the time. Or the sunnest agenda. Yeah. We we want it to be light all the time. Yeah. Crowd. Yeah. Trying to hog the sun, not give the other hemisphere their Well, share. I mean, to be fair, I actually thought about adjusting the tilt of the planet. I thought, I wonder if I could Ooh. adjust the tilt of the planet so that it was more like you just had sort of the same amount of. Probably if you start 
rocking. You know how they do with a boat? Like the boat's perfectly still, but they all run to the one side well, like they I, did in Pirates of the Caribbean. I hadn't gotten to the logistics yet. I was just thinking about what would be the consequences of doing that. And I realized that if I did that, it would kind of fuck up a lot of stuff. So you didn't even... I didn't even get to think the through how. the details. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the right. how sort of comes after the should I do it thing. Gotcha. That's, that's the difference between me and a lot of scientists. Scientists first find out if they can do it. They're like, oh, let's see if we can create a virus that can't be stopped by any known antiviral and that would kill everyone it infects. Okay, well, let's try that. And then they, they do it. And then they're like, cool. And they're like, should we have done this? Well, now probably isn't the time to think about that because we already did. Yeah, but logically, you wouldn't even know to debate whether you should or should not until you knew it was an option. Well, right? Like you have to determine is it an option first? And then once it becomes an option, which is after you've done it successfully, then you should wonder should I do it again or not? Well, a lot of these things change over time. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, like, for instance, going to the moon. I mean, going to the moon, we went to the moon the first time just to, to beat Russia there, right? The Soviet Union, rather. Um, we had we, we heard that the Soviet Union was working on a moon program, and we said, God damn it, we're going to beat them there. And we did. So, That's like, right. wow, great. Like, what was America it? first. Yeah. The we're amount number of, one, baby. The Woo. amount of effort we put into that. Just to be the first one to the moon, and then and then we, after that we just scrapped the whole thing and said, "Well, we did it. That's it. We're done. There's no point." Um, We've yeah. been to the moon. So now we're we're apparently um, doing it again, right? We've sent a this orbiter up there, unmanned mission to make sure everything was going to work, and it came back and landed successfully, and everything's wonderful. That was a complete hundred percent success and we're all like okay so now but this time i can see why we would go i think there's a very good reason for people to go to the moon no no just to send one person to the moon i was thinking specifically we would send elon musk and leave him there that's what oh, I, that's where i had that's, that's where you're going with that yeah yes on a uh on a what's it called spacex rocket I would call it a one-way ticket is what I'd call it. But, you know, whatever you want to call it is fine. Um, yeah, there's some other people we could probably put on that flight, though. Well, that's Bezos, true. If we're going to spend the money, you know, yeah, if we're going to spend the money to launch the rocket. It would be well, more efficient. Yeah, We might as well sell all the tickets. You know, I'd have them pay for, for, their, for their flight, you know. Absolutely. And they'd be looking at their ticket going, why does this say one way? And they're like, ah, it's just a technicality. Don't worry about that. Don't pay attention to the fine print. It will only get you killed. Yeah. It's too late. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but okay. There was an article in Atlantic Magazine this month about people who were cheering for the end of humanity, and I thought, oh, they wrote this article about me. Wasn't that sweet? <laughs> and uh, Nihilists. Yeah, right? well, I was reading it, and they said there was basically two versions of these people. There are the versions who felt like, the earth would be better off without us. And then there were the versions, and, and by the way, there's a couple different variations on that. But then there was the versions who felt like we needed to transform ourselves into something greater to achieve our you know full potential. And they were hoping... Oh, I like that idea. They were hoping like, so we would we have... all 
commit mass, what would that be? Extinction <laughs> upon ourselves? Well, then, okay. Then we get reborn as like a, a god. No, they were talking about like digitizing our brains so we would live a digital existence. Oh, we would not okay. we would get rid of our physical existence or or creating an AI that could have all the human intelligence and, and basically handing it. Like, like we would die or we might die, but the AI would live on and it would have all of our great accomplishments and be able to continue forward. They're just, those people are just concerned. They don't, they want humanity as we know it to end. That's why I said there's two types of people that are sort of cheering for the end of humanity to quote the article. Um, but one sees the best thing is us just to go away, just for us to die, become extinct, you know. And the other one is like, no, no, we must achieve this great goal of becoming what we could become, like reaching our potential. But we don't want to stick around in our current physical form because we are killing the planet. And that's not the, you know, the goal is to to basically make ourselves infinite, you know, in in and thinking of what this awesome AI could do. And actually, this article actually brought up the fact that these people, some of them, um, feel like once we get an AI to a certain point, it'll take a few hours for that AI, uh, basically designing new AIs, improvements on itself, you know, iteratively, Mm -hmm. uh, to completely exceed anything we could possibly conceive of and basically probably kill all of us and be done with us, but... Yeah, it's it's a curve like the uh it's a I don't know. Dang it, why it's can't we parab- be on TV? Parabola? Yeah, but it's that one part of the parabola where it starts out and you know like your relationship is mostly x and very little y for a while. Yeah. And then it and then it starts to curve and then it starts looking the, somewhat linear for a little while. It's kind of like Right. A, and and then as it goes on, you get more y and less x and it kind of starts to point straight up yeah yeah so it's one of those deals like compounding interest works that way and once the slope reaches the speed of age yeah once the slope is almost a perfect straight up slope then it's yeah then exactly that's when the ais replicate themselves in five seconds and bye bye us yeah and that's, you know, that's a legitimate concern or a legitimate hope, depending but, on who you but are. But these people are saying, like, that's the finish line. Let's hurry up and get there. Well, they're afraid we won't make it. Yeah, they're saying let's hurry up right. because they okay. think they think yeah, the yeah. way we're going, we're going to kill ourselves off before we achieve our greatness. Which is destruction at the hands of the AI we created. Well, they don't see it as destruction. <laughs> they see it as transmogrifying into, into the the next Ooh, the next transmogrifying. That's not their okay. word, but yeah, you know, they're no, actually, your they word. Have, it's an awesome word. Yeah, they do have a word for it, but but there's they just see it as us becoming the next level of what we're supposed to become. Transmogrifying you know? is much better than goblin mode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, the year isn't over yet. Maybe we can convince Britannica to change their mind. Or is it was it Britannica or is it? I don't know. Can you do that? Can you have like campaigns, picket signs? Can you imagine like in these know, days of social media, you can do anything you fucking want to. We could we could have like an American Idol, but for the for the word of the year, and like we could have it do different challenges. You know. Mm. Yeah. I don't know how, but 
We'll figure all that out. I'm not sure if we will, actually. Or like a word of the year bracket challenge and everybody votes. Or maybe you know. they won't. Won't what? Vote? They I'm just saying. You, you said we'd figure it out. I said maybe we will, maybe we won't. And then you said everybody oh, votes. Maybe, I said, we... maybe they won't. Oh, I was I waiting see. for you to make the next assertion, and I would tell you that maybe it wasn't going to happen. <laughs> Fine. I'm just Negative being... Nancy. Well, that's exactly... You know what? Today is the shortest goddamn day of the year. I have a right to be negative. I'm just celebrating, that's all, because tomorrow will be less than the <laughs> Celebrating shortest. your negativity. Absolutely. Woohoo! Do you remember... This is a complete I change of so topic. I'm so angry. Woohoo! Onto something much more serious and less interesting. Um, do you remember uh, the... Um, <laughs> the best changes. Yeah, the the the... the the shooting that happened at the parade where the guy was on like the top of a roof and shooting, you know, shot like 25 people or something. Not specifically. We uh, do so many. Of it was a long, I know, I know there's so fucking many of them. It was a while back. It was, I don't know, six months ago, three months ago, two months ago, something. Anyway, it was several shootings ago, probably several deck, you know, dozens of shootings ago. But anyway, um, the, the shooter was Robert Crimo. Was his name Robert Crimo Jr. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It was Robert Crimo. Yes, C R I M O. Robert Crimo. Actually, it was Robert Crimo the third because Robert Crimo Jr. was his father. But in any case, his father has been charged, and I believe is being held in jail. I know he, he got he got bail was set at like hundred thousand, so he might have bailed himself out. But he was incarcerated for having signed the or or yeah whatever it is he signed for his child to buy a firearm when he's 19 or or to arm himself um to get a permit to buy guns whatever it was anyway he was complicit in his his 19 year old getting firearms who then what about two three years later went and shot a bunch of people but the reason that they charged him was because this kid had like a plethora of issues I mean, he had mental health issues, he had suicidal ideation, he had uh, threatened people, threatened to kill everyone, you know. It just was just a history, a very sordid history of of mental issues, mental health issues. And um, and then his father signed for him to get a gun. Did, now, did, 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 was the father aware? Yes. Like, was... Yes, he fun. was informed by doctors with diagnoses and etc. Well, he, I mean, he raised the kid, and he knew the kid had threatened him and threatened the family, and I mean, he's well. That's even more dumb. Yeah, <laughs> the I kid know. Threatened you here, have a gun. A little self defeating, <laughs> huh? I think. I think though, at nineteen, he might have already moved out of the house, and his dad might have just uh, just wanted to just make him happy, wanted to appease him. I don't know. All I know is I, I. I, I read the article and I was thinking to if myself... If I buy you a gun, will you promise not to use it on me? Sure, I'll make that deal. All right, cool. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, so I'm... So, well, he didn't buy it for him. He just let him have... He, he basically told the law enforcement people that the kid was okay. That in his judgment, he felt he was responsible enough to own a firearm. Right. Okay. So anyway, I, I have mixed feelings about this, but I actually think the police did the right thing. And the reason I have mixed feelings is because, you know, you're reading this article and, of course, people in the comments said this too. You know, it happened several years after he signed for this firearm. So, like, can he be responsible 
criminally for something like that. And I would tend to say that that is a lot from a criminal prosecution perspective to say that this guy's guilty of a crime because three years after he did something sort of more of like a, what would you call signing for something? It's kind of a fraudulent thing, more of a tort than it is, you know, a crime, right? And then something terrible happened that ended up resulting in that becoming a crime. That is a little bit of a stretch. But here's the other side of that coin, in, in my opinion, is that we need to send a message to parents. We really do. I want parents to be afraid to sign for their child to buy a firearm. First of all, I don't want young Absolutely. people. I'm already able, afraid. I'll tell you that. I don't. I, <laughs> I, I don't, would never do that. I don't think you know, 19 year olds need to be buying heavy artillery. It'd be one thing, you know, to have a BB gun or a 22 rifle or something. That's a little different, but, but these aren't what we're talking about. We're talking about weapons of war practically for all intents and purposes. And anyway, I want parents to seriously think about this, to be like, is my son or daughter the type of person who is going to do something illegal with this firearm? Do they have a need for this firearm? And if they do have a need, is it a legitimate need? You know, is it something, you know, will Why they be Why would that question even come up? Why is there even that possibility? I mean, you can't drink when you're a kid. You can't fucking drive I, I when you're a kid. I completely agree. Why is it even on the table that you could own a gun? I mean, even, that's just insane in and of itself. Even when I was 21, you had to be 21 to buy a, a handgun. Now, I don't know if my dad could have signed for me. I never asked because I wasn't close to my dad. But, but um, And I didn't necessarily want a handgun when I was 19. But when I turned 21, I did actually buy a handgun. The point is that I couldn't until then, right? And that was a long time ago. Long, long yeah. time ago. Yeah, and I don't know that... I have any issue with that. I honestly, you know, going back to what you were saying, there's no, the, the, the judgment, you know, issue. I mean, that's why we don't want 19 year olds drinking because they're judgment impaired, right. To begin with. And then you give them alcohol and they're even more judgment impaired. Even 21 year olds don't show very good judgment in a lot of these areas. So yeah, I mean, I have no problem with them waiting until they're old enough to do it without their parents' consent. And I also have no problem with parents thinking, I may have a criminal liability here, therefore maybe I don't want to do this, right? Yep. I mean, we, I, again, I don't, I, I agree that it's a bit of a reach. It is a bit of a, a reach crim, you know, to criminally charge this parent for something that he may or may not have been able to foresee. But he didn't have to sign for those weapons, there was no need for a 19-year-old kid to just have guns because he wanted them. And there was no need to take that risk, and especially in this case where he knew the child had violent tendencies. Well, that's a kicker to me right there. Like, I can understand that like the crime didn't happen until three and a half years later or whatever, but if the if the kid was in that condition back at the time when he and he knew it and he knowingly said you know he's fine and knew he wasn't fine to own a gun or whatever then i mean i don't know that there would be a time limit on it period if that's the weapon 
that was used. It could be 10 years later. You helped him obtain that weapon that you knew at the time he was not qualified to handle. Yeah. Or no, I, yeah. I, I mean, I if if I had a son who was troubled, you know, I, I if nothing else, I would be concerned about him using the gun to commit suicide. Because that yeah. is that is the preferred suicide method for for uh, young men. Unfortunately, um, that's one of the reasons why the gun deaths are so high in this country. Is I think something like eighty people a day commit suicide using a firearm. It's insane. It's nuts. Yeah. Well, I mean, I believe it, it it's a top-down system. It's a frame of reference. Like you look around the world and fucking what Putin's doing or the arms race when I was a kid, you know, it's that's how the world settles its problems, right? And I got problems in this world and I want a way to settle them. So, I need a gun because yeah. it gives me a way to settle my issues. Well, I mean, I mean, there's and this, that's just like there's humanity. This, we we have to evolve past that. Yeah. Well, that's what those people that are praying for the end of humanity are are thinking. Well, um, I don't mean that way, but well, I understand. But I think we've had seventy thousand years to evolve, and we haven't really gotten much better. But anyway, the what you're getting no, at, we got worse. <laughs> what you were getting at is this might makes right mentality, right? And I. I mean, it doesn't have to involve guns. It could just be, you know, beating each other up, which obviously is less, you know, deadly, which I, I, I'm not going to say I'm not against or that I have, I'm okay with, you know, childhood or, or kids being bullied or beat up or whatever in the playground, but at least nobody dies in most cases, right? Um, and the thing that I'm getting at here is that we tell kids from a very young age, if you look at cartoons, right, just the cartoons we feed them on Saturday morning, Almost everything is settled. You've got the superheroes. You've got the whatever. Nobody sits down at a table and discusses their differences. Right, exactly. That fucking never happens, right? It's always a battle of uh, maybe it's a battle of wits in some cases, but mostly it's a battle of, of might. Yes. Just who's got the most physical force, who can beat the other one. And and just, just to give an, uh, a little framework for this shooting that this – Robert Crimo III is responsible for. He fired 83 shots from a rooftop into a July 4th of July parade in less than one minute. That is more than one round a second. That is military-style, you know, shooting. That's exactly the kind of stuff that I just go on and on and on about. Again, you know, as, as an owner of, you know, a firearm... Um, I'm not against people having personal protection. I hate, I hate that we live in a world where you should even have to think about owning a firearm to protect yourself. But to some extent we do. Um, you're still in more danger from getting killed by a firearm in your home if you have a firearm than you are if you don't. So it's, it's, it's kind of a backwards thinking. But the point I'm getting at is that responsible gun ownership isn't the problem. It's this fucking idea of arming yourself as if you're trying to fight a war and encouraging others to buy these ridiculous weapons that have no practical purpose in a civilized world. But having said that, I just wanted to point out that that's what the, this is in reference to. I mean, this this kid shot something like uh, 
I think he killed 30 people or something. I don't know what the exact numbers were, but it was, you know, he fired 83 shots into a crowd. He he killed indiscriminately. They said the age range was like 8 to 80. You know, it just whoever happened to be there got killed. Just an, it just to him I guess it was another video game or something. Right. <sighs> anyway. So enough about that. Moving on to <sighs> Can we yeah, we need to after that one. We have a sigh. Decompress. Yeah, right. Well, that's funny you'd mention that because <laughs> one of the things I wanted to bring up was this uh this story about this revelation that uh apparently the guy, one of the first people who flew into space had. Okay. What was his name here? Um Yuri Gagarin became the first human to oh, make yeah. it into he- space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the Russian guy. That's what you were talking about earlier. That's right. what set us off. Right. As soon as he went into space, we're like, oh, what the fuck? Well, he said he had a revelation when he went into space. Okay. That when he got into space, you couldn't see borders. Well, yeah. And, and you know, so borders are like artificial things. And that this planet had this really thin atmosphere that protected all life or sustained all life on yeah, the planet. John Lennon said the same stuff. He's like, what makes that Canada and this the United States? It's just lines people drew, man. Well, <laughs> yeah, I actually was going to say Imagine that there's no countries, you know. Reading the, about, I mean, this whole story in uh, Upworthy.com is, is essentially about how he had this, you know, this revelation when he went into space. And I'm thinking to myself, reading the whole thing, I'm like, this is no revelation. <laughs> this is only a revelation if you had some. Just, well, if you had an Orthodox Soviet upbringing, maybe it is. Well, yeah, and maybe at the time, maybe at the time it was more revelatory than it would be now because at least me, speaking for myself, I don't know how many people read as much news as I do or follow as much science or whatever, but to me, most of the they things. follow the podcast and that's enough. That's right. If they follow our podcast, they've got it made. There's so much, you know, um, our, our planet is, the ecosystem is incredibly, uh, it's, it's, what's we're looking for? It's, it's very carefully balanced, right? It's easy to offset. Delicate. Delicate, yes. To upset the balance of our ecosystem is relatively easy to do. I mean, people that are cynics of, you know, or critics of climate change talk about how, oh, wow, there's 450 parts per billion of carbon dioxide in our atmosphere. You know, what is that like, you know, a a good level is, let's say, 300 parts per billion or something. Like, so what, 150 parts per billion, right? Like, what is that in a percentage? And, like, you know, they go on and on and on. It's like, yeah, but you realize what that's doing. You know, it's like, it doesn't sound like much. It doesn't sound like anything. Um, You know, like, oh, yeah, 150 parts per billion. Let's break that down to... You know how many parts per million? What was what that uh, point point one parts per per million? You know, and if you get down to percentages, it's point zero. <laughs> right. It just doesn't sound like much, but that little bit of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere increases the greenhouse potential for the atmosphere, the ability for the atmosphere to hold on to heat enough. And it may not be much. It may not even be a lot, but it's enough to raise the temperature of the planet by 2 degrees Celsius, and you go, well, big deal, 2 degrees Celsius, right? And it's like, yeah, well, that's not evenly distributed. 
There are places where it'll rise five, and and it will have catastrophic effects. The oceans are warming, storms are getting worse, we're getting more floods, more droughts, whatever. Like, and then we haven't even hit the two degree mark yet. We're at like one point five degrees, and uh, and we're already seeing these. And so all I'm saying is that it's an incredibly sensitive, you know, system, and it doesn't take that much to, to totally fuck it up. And we right. just take for granted that, oh, like, you know, we live on this planet and it's just like so big and so resilient that we can do anything we want. It isn't going to matter. Well, guess what? It does matter. Um, and anyway, I, so, but yeah, reading this article, though, about how he uh, had this uh, this revelation, I'm like, well, again, you know, with the benefit of why well, he did that in, what, 1960 or something or 70, maybe. Yeah, sixty nine. We put a man on the moon, so it had to been before that. Yeah, it was. It was a long time ago. So he wasn't probably looking at quite the amount of information we have today. Although some of the books that were written about climate change were written in the seventies and eighties, and they pretty much were dead on about the potential. They, I mean, they didn't know how far we were going to get. They didn't know what you know, but they the predictions they made and the things they talked about were dead on as to what we're actually seeing today. So that's one of the things that makes me sad is we've known about this problem for probably, well, I know over 40 years and almost 50 years. Yeah, I still think the only choice now is to figure out a way to suck it out. Well, we have to. We have to do both. We have to do both. If we're going to survive, we have to do both, which is why we're not going to survive, by the way, because we have... We're spending probably over a billion dollars a year trying to figure out how to to sequester carbon. And most of the things they're coming up with will produce some carbon during the sequester. So we're actually probably better off just cutting back on carbon because cutting back on carbon could. But the only way. It's too late for that. Well, it's too late to just do that, yeah. Um, But I think if the mosquitoes can take out half the population. (laughs) <laughs> well, I was just going to say, maybe the uh, climate change will get us before the super mosquitoes do. <laughs> yeah, well, it's actually, I'm pretty sure, well, I shouldn't say I'm pretty sure climate change is going to be our demise because Putin is still threatening to use his nuclear weapons. And I don't know if you've heard, but we're going to be sending Patriot missiles over to Correct. Ukraine to help them, which I think, by the way, we should never have announced that. I don't know if we could have done it completely secretly. But as soon as we announced it, Putin doubled down on his attacks, his missile attacks on Ukraine, because he knew that he wasn't his time was limited, um, which is just so destructive. I just it's really sad. But um, but on a positive note, before we go, because we have to go, it's we're about 40 minutes into this thing. Um, I just want to say, because, you know, it's the winter solstice and everything that life is hard. It is. I know it's the mantra of our thing. But you but don't have to. Worse. You oh. don't have. Oh, we're changing the tagline. Go ahead. No, 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 no. I'm not changing the tagline at all. But Life I was is hard. Say, it could. Be, yeah, it could be worse. But that's not the point. That's not the point I'm trying to get to. What I'm trying to get to is that the way I try to get through these times that are they're really sometimes really hard for me. Like it's it's there's no rational explanation for how much I struggle sometimes. But the way I get through is I know. You know, a well, it helps to know it's a temporary problem. It always helps to know that this is going to go away. You know, this will pass. 
But life is hard. The sun will come back up. You know, I think in some ways you have to embrace the fact that life is hard. You just have to say, look, it's not always going to be easy. And the reason I say this is because I keep hearing about people committing suicide, and I think to myself, have they bought into this thing of, I mean, they you get you got to be careful in this world of mass media that we live in. And it didn't start with social media. It started with television. You get this, you watch people like you know like on friends for example or or cheers or something where people come in and they complain about their day-to-day problems they bitch but nobody really has any serious fucking problems right it's everybody's just you know nobody is you know like oh I'm, i can't pay my rent and i'm going to be homeless next week right it the world that we see the world that's presented to us is this rosy depiction of non-reality and even reality shows are non-reality. I mean, nobody competes. Even if we didn't have that depiction, though, we want it to be easy. I mean, but like I always, when I was younger, wanted life to be easy. And would, one of my favorite lines in a Van Halen song is working so hard to make it easy. Well, <laughs> you know, like, oh, we've got to turn this thing around, you know. But where where I finally came to grips was it's... I don't think it's about making it easier because you can't really because no. it's inherently hard, right? But but you can have different problems, right? Like what set of problems do I want and let me try to have those problems or at least just get a variety going. Like that's what drives people nuts, like to have the same problems over and over and over and over. If you could like trade your emotional problems for money problems, or your money problems, or emotional problems, or other kinds of problems, you know, at least you're getting around, you know, yeah. like you're moving. I I kind of embrace, oh, what was his name? Um, the guy who wrote the, the Road Less Traveled. I'm not completely on board with all of his philosophies, but his his thing was that once you embrace the fact that life is hard or that, you know, life is difficult. He didn't say life is hard. Life is difficult, right? But same thing. Um, Good. It, I don't want to have to pay him royalties. Yeah. He says, he says, Robert Schuler is his name. Anyway, he says it gets a little bit easier because instead of trying to figure out what you're doing wrong, instead of trying to work around the heart, you, you just go, you just take it head on. Just fix things as they come. Take it as, accept that this is the way it is. And I guess that's kind of where I was going with this. was like, look, you know, there are going to be days that are going to be hard, but it's not your personal failure. Like, it isn't, it isn't because you've somehow failed or that your life is worse than somebody else's or that you got a bad deal. It's right, just, or this stuff only happens to you or you're not worthy. Right, or that. That, or that your life isn't worth living because it's so much harder than everybody else's or it's harder than it's supposed to be or whatever the fuck is going through your head. And I, and I know that probably none of our listeners are suicidal, but, but it's all kinds of people have struggles, right? Even if you're not the type to go commit suicide, you still struggle. And I just think sometimes you just got to look at your life and go, look, this is just what I have to deal with right now. It's just the way it is. Like, just take it on the chin. It sucks, but you can't, A, you can't necessarily change it, and B, it's just not your fault, right? It's just, it just is what it is, and you just have to deal with it. 
And I, I'm as much telling myself this as anybody else because like I said, this is my hard time of the year. This is the time of the year when I have to remind myself that, look, I just have to get, I just, have, it's like, um, uh, what's his name on, on, on the, the, uh, castaway, um, Oh yeah, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. He said, "I finally realized all I had to do is breathe." You know. Yeah. He, he said, "I just realized all I had to do is keep breathing," and at some point, maybe that's the best you can do. Maybe all you can do is just get through the fucking day. You don't have to get dressed. You don't have to take a shower. You don't have to do anything but just keep breathing. And if that gets you through the day, and you know you make it to the next day, maybe things will get better. Because at some point, you know, suicide's definitely a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Right. And all these things that we keep talking about are going to, you know, it's not like <laughs> if you don't commit suicide that you've got to do this every day forever. Like, it's going to go away. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be a well, new problem. One way or another. No, I'm saying <laughs> your life. <laughs> your life is going to go away one way or another. Like, there's no reason to rush it. It's short enough. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And not only that, but every day is, and I know this is kind of cliche, but every day really is special. Like, you, the opportunities you have today, you won't necessarily have tomorrow. So, you know, if you... If you're That's like, why I'm so depressed because I missed all those opportunities yesterday. That didn't help. Well, I mean, I think about some... <laughs> it, it Obviously, it doesn't help, but... Up to think about opportunities you missed, except except in the context of thinking about how important it is to seize the opportunities you have today, exactly. because otherwise Learning, tomorrow yeah. you're going to be thinking about yesterday. Um, but I I do think about you know, gosh, when I was younger, life was so much different. I don't want to say it was easier because it was not. It was not easier, but there was more opportunity. There were more people. There was more interaction. There was more you know like. Like I think about like I could have made more friends. I could have, you know, made different decisions. But it doesn't matter now because it's, I'm not until I get this time machine fixed, you know. Um, which, by Even the way, then I, it wouldn't matter. I sent you that article, didn't I? I, I didn't get to read it, though. Where the they said if you they've mathematically squared the numbers or whatever to make time travel possible, but it doesn't work like you think it does because what they say is, and this is, we're going to have to put a pin in this probably. Otherwise we're going <laughs> to launch a whole new one. But, but basically if you go back in time and change something, it doesn't have that ripple effect causing these paradoxes, right? Mm. That, that, that basically life will find another way to produce similar or the same results. Oh, that's interesting. I, I was thinking of the Terminator theory where they go back in time to, you know, to kill the mother of their nemesis. And it turns out that it's because they went back in time to kill the mother of their nemesis that their nemesis actually came into being. Right, oh, like it was all part of the cycle. Like it was the, literally the time travel was part of the fabric of what was right, supposed the, to happen. Up the timeline, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that creates a whole <laughs> web in my head that I can't describe. <laughs> but, but the consequences of what this guy was saying that I read into it 
is basically that everything that happens was always going to happen. Ah. And really what you, what you did made little to no difference. So kind of like you saying it is what it is and is going to be it, but it's almost like everything is predetermined, which I found really interesting for a lot of reasons to contemplate that, you know what I mean? Cause like in a one sense that can be entirely freeing. Like I can't fuck up anymore. It doesn't matter what I do. Things turn out the same. Well, you but can't. On the other hand, yeah. it could be. It doesn't matter what you, I do. Well, things right, turn right. out the same. <laughs> you know? No, but that's all. But if you make the decision to not do anything because you think it doesn't matter, that was all predetermined too. So it's all part of the predetermined thing. Like how you react to this information is all correct. But right, but also if I'm not suggesting that you would do nothing, uh, you know. I'm suggesting that would take the pressure off of what you're doing, though, because you right. don't have to say the consequences of this and that and five years down the road and 20 years down the road. It doesn't matter. Those things are going to turn out to be what they're going to turn out to be anyway. So now I can think about, you know, what do I want to do or what does my heart say is the right thing to do or whatever. Well, you're yeah. And the point is, you were going to do that anyway. You're going to do exactly what you're going to And the, the, the physicists that support that believe in this, believe that when the Big Bang happened, assuming it did, which we don't really know, but whatever started this whole thing in motion, when that happened, all the electron spins and all the energy levels and all the things that were set into motion at that time basically predetermined everything that would happen for the rest of time. Yep. And there's... Because it's mathematical inevitability. There's something to be said for that. I mean, but I also think it doesn't really account for the neurons in your brain as much as it does all the different aspects of, you know, things flying through the universe. I don't know. It's hard to say. These are all ridiculous. And by the way, Einstein or somebody, it might not have been Einstein, it might have been someone else who worked on this and said that the precision of the initial spins or whatever you want to call them, you know, the whatever energy blasts wasn't high enough to predetermine every detail of everything for, you know, for infinity. Um, but it doesn't matter. The, 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 the thing still stands that, you know, certain things probably, I won't say they're predestined, but, you know, you're going to do what you're going to do. And if you ever could go back and change things, you probably wouldn't. Unless you went back knowing something you know today that you didn't know then, that would change things, but that would also be kind of an anomaly if you think about it. You know, you're not supposed to know the future. If you knew the future, you'd obviously try to fix the future, but you'd fuck it up because you'd do things that you thought would fix the future that wouldn't fix it. So it's just, yeah. And I think it's all built in. Whatever you do is going to happen. It's like, that's why I say that I don't believe in time travel because if time travel were possible, someone would be time traveling right now and they would have come back here and told me, said, hey, Doug, time travel really is possible. I'm from the future. And I'm like, wow, who knew? Why would they single you out? I mean, you'd think- Because I do this podcast. Something. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot. Life is hard. <laughs> but it could be worse. I forgot what we were doing Life here. Is hard. Altogether. But it could be worse. Life is hard. Happy but solstice.